Hi, you're listening to Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo. A podcast featuring conversations that explore what it means to live in alignment. From the practical to the mystical, we're here to challenge our beliefs, learn from each other, and grow together. And have fun. And have fun. (laughs) Okay, on today's show, we have Melissa Spratt. She is an author. She has a beautiful book of poems. She's a mom and she lives here in Connecticut. We were so excited to connect with her and she has just a wonderful message that she's putting out in the world and we are happy to help her spread it. Yeah, we so enjoyed our conversation talking a lot about self-love, I think in general is the overarching theme. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. She was awesome. So we hope you enjoy Melissa Spratt. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Welcome. Good. Thank you. I'm Fiona. Hi, Fiona. <laughs> I'm Maureen. From Hi, Maureen. Mo and Fee. Is that how you go? Yeah, whatever. It. We'll whatever answer to like. whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And you're both in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And you are too, right? Yes, on the shoreline. Oh, okay. So do you know Angela? I remember you had reached out after her episode. Yeah. How do you know her? So I I just had attended one of her classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't actually know her, but I know of Shakoba and Mm -hmm. I live in that town. Oh, okay, great. Did you do the Sunday meditation class? That's the one I did. Mm -hmm. It was so good. It's so good. It's so good. She really stretched us too. (laughs) She she said, keep going, keep going. Um, But I have not gotten back because it is really hard with a toddler and Mm -hmm. finding the time. But I want to go again. (laughs) Yeah, we understand that (laughs) struggle as well. So you mentioned you have a toddler. Is that, do you just have one child? Yes, she's okay. three and a half, and um, she's downstairs, hopefully not screaming <laughs> with her dad. Great. Same, same. Uh, when's her birthday? May 18th, 2020. Oh, my daughter is May 1st, 2020. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. our little Torians. That's right, our little uh, Torians. She came about two weeks early. I think my due date was like the 16th. Oh, well, that's my birthday. Oh, look at that. I feel like there have been so many May babies recently. Like all of my friends who have had kids, like all have May babies. It's so fun. Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I was like, what does that back up to? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And at least, you know what it's like, Um, because actually that's a lot of what inspired my writing and going into motherhood was the isolation, Um, Mm -hmm. especially for me being a first time mom. In the, yeah. in the pandemic. So yeah. it's really challenging. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because Devin for me is my third baby and the isolation was kind of nice. Like if I, when I looked at it between like the pros and cons, like with my older two who are 13 and 14. So like a decade ago, right. That's a decade, wow. 10 years. 10 years yeah. is a decade. Yeah. 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 So a decade, 
<laughs> a lot had changed and I knew like I had a hard time nursing my older two sons and with Devin I feel like we had a lot easier of a time um in the beginning because there were no visitors allowed and there was oh. no interruption we had such a, a great time for bonding so that's kind of been my advice to people even though I know it's tough like it was tough for the moms like my mom and my mother-in-law I know they would have loved to like be there and whatever but I was like there was something so magical of it just being like me, my husband and my daughter in the delivery room and there at the hospital until we went home. And then of course we had some visitors after that, but yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I, I think though, with the third baby, because you've been through it, yes. you know what, it, you know, you just know yeah. how to take care of kids and yeah. we, we had no idea. So of course, so it, it was, could feel very isolating. Yeah, was. I definitely can. They're like, just like everything, there's always polarities, right? There's always like a pro and a con. So I think yeah. it is, they're just two sides to every coin, you know? So it's very interesting, but talk to us about yeah. how you just said, like how that led to your writing. Had, had you written before, you know, that experience? Yes. So everything that I've, well, I'll back up. So I am, as we talked about a mama, a three-year-old girl, I'm a working mom. So I also have a corporate job as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe you both do as well. <laughs> and I'm an author of a poetry collection and now an aspiring children's book author. So I'm working on something there. And through the years, so when I was young, I had a lot of anxiety. And this steamrolled into an eating disorder and mental illness that I struggled with for a long time. And I, through different levels of treatment and therapy, writing was a tool at some point. And so I definitely tapped into that and dabbled a little bit. It wasn't until I would say 10 years ago that I started doing it. Um, a little after I was married, just started journaling and then doing poetry. And then we came up here and I started writing the most after miscarriage. So before our daughter now, mm -hmm. I had a miscarriage. So that was really transforming and I feel like that was also a part of like a major healing and spiritual awakening process too and then it was into the pandemic when my daughter was around two years old I wanted to write my book the poetry collection I had done I had already um, a large amount of poems and then I started to write more on motherhood Mm -hmm. And the poetry in that collection is really inspired by, you know, the first year in her life and especially being a first time mom in a pandemic. Oh, man. I'm sorry that you had those rough experiences, but that is great that you were able to use kind of harness that into a creative outlet and use your writing to kind of help navigate that. Yeah, I think that's part of like why I'm here. I think that I had to go through that to be able to share my experiences openly, break stigmas on it. And now I'm trying to build a community of women and to empower women with self-love, self-care, um, and inspire healing in others. So that's why I'm doing this. That's why I wrote the poetry collection and I want to continue to be creative and let women know like how strong we are and how we could do anything and just anybody, right? The human experience, how we can overcome anything. Yeah, for sure. And I think even just going back to um, you mentioning it being a tool, because as we know, like if we deal with something like an eating disorder or, you know, depression or any other types of mental, you know, I hate to say like mental illness as such a blanket statement, but for the lack of a better term, like having those tools, because we know it's not a one and done thing. 
Like mm-hmm. they don't ever just like go away forever. And you're just like, I, I mean, at least that hasn't been my experience. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> We're always going to have different struggles that come up. And then mm-hmm. also when we go through them, it's not always linear. I always talk about that and we're always evolving. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like you're recovered and like you did that thing and you're done and there's more to come, you know, there's more to come <laughs> on your journey <laughs> and we're always a work of progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's like, once you get through one hurdle and you're like coasting for a bit, there's something else. And yeah. although it seems hard in the, in while you're going through it, it is pushing you towards your further evolution, you know? Yep. More towards your purpose. And mm-hmm. that's what I believe now. I could see it now that I'm looking back. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. What are some of the like the key messages that you're trying to get out there when you think about your experience? Like what would have been helpful for you to have heard or oh, read? Um, that you're not alone, that you're not you're not alone and it does feel like you're you might not be understood or misunderstood, but there are definitely people and resources that will try to understand and be there for you that people are going through it to, I have many messages yeah. to know also that we are all creative beings. I didn't realize I was creative. I literally thought I was not creative. And I, that was like a really big limiting belief for me. And then I realized, wow, when I started writing the book that I was and that we all are, and that we all have gifts that we're meant to share. What is your corporate job? Um, I work in aerospace as a customer account manager. So I work with um, engine shops around the world. (laughs) Yeah. A little different lane than writing poems. It is. (laughs) I think it more aligns with um, my Virgo rising. I think Mm. I'm Virgo rising. So I do really well. (laughs) I feel like, especially when we're kids, a lot of times what is not meant to be limiting, it's meant to be encouraging, but kind of we classify like you're either science or arts Mm. or like you're either good at math or you're good at writing. And Mm -hmm. if you pick a lane, like it's often like praise, you know, like, oh, you did great. You must be good at math. This is an awesome thing. But Mm. I think that we can kind of develop those like, oh, if I'm in aeroscience, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a writer. You know, that would be a creative lane that couldn't work for me. So it's cool to realize like, no, it can be all the things. Yeah. And I have a really supportive team there. Um, They all support what I do. And then I have other outlets within my organization. We have employee engagement, health and safety, where we do events. Um, And I've even shared my story um, Mm -hmm. on something we have called Empathy Matters. So it's nice because I can still be creative and help people with, you know, mind and body and focusing on their well-being in our company as well. So I could still tap into my creativity there while mm-hmm. doing what I'm yeah. good at, like more the masculine, the my productive side right. <laughs> in the, yeah. every day. Right. But it's like you still get to be authentically you while you're doing yeah. your day job. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Not many people get that flexibility or even are brave enough to kind of show a different side of themselves. Cause like most people are going to have these complexities, you know, we're not just like two dimensional. There's so much beneath the surface, but it's cool that you get to kind of show that in, in different spaces in your life. Yeah. And I think that was also the silver lining of COVID 
Mm-hmm. Um, I got to start working remotely and then going through, you know, the motherhood experience. And this was after miscarriage and I was really finding myself and just like figuring out who I am authentically and building up that confidence with my team and just as a person. Right. Mm-hmm. right. It's cool to see. I think I've been seeing this more in different corporations where I feel like in the past it was like anything that wasn't directly connected to the end result was a waste of time. And I think Mm -hmm. that more and more we're seeing that it's actually not only is it not like a luxury to indulge people's full characters, it's actually makes them more productive. So yeah, it has multiple benefits, which is cool to see. Yep, exactly. I love that. What's your, um, you said you're aspiring children book writer. So what's, what's that journey looking like different than the poetry book a little bit? Yes. Different and more challenging. Mm. The poetry is something that just flowed out of me and, you know, really just came through me into writing. And then it just, I think I really had just a download of a poetry book and it all came together. Mm -hmm. The children's book, I started with a draft. It kind of came out. um, And then I kind of ended up going back and creating a character. So the focus of it is, and it goes back to my journey again so when we're young we the that is when we will probably likely develop mental illness so i think mm-hmm. nami has a stat that 50% of children by age 14 to you know will develop mental illness and then 75% by age 24 so what that says is if we have poor self esteem if we have anxiety and depression when we're young then we can easily develop mental illness. But if we can promote positive self-esteem and body positivity and another term coming out, I think it's body neutrality, just talking about what our body is capable of, not so much how it looks. So that's kind of my focus is to write a children's book for probably four to eight-year-old girls. And it's going to focus on a character, her day at the beach with her friends. And she's really curious about her body, asking her mom questions throughout the day. And it will show kids kind of like to be curious about our body, what our body is capable of, and how beautiful and unique we are. Mm. So that I will be doing developmental editing starting this December. I have the illustrator from my poetry collection, but it's very expensive to self-publish. So I'm trying to apply to grants to mm-hmm. to help me offset some of the costs or figuring out like a creative solution so that I could self-publish or I could try to send the manuscript when it's more final to some publishers but I've not been down that route before so I do not know what to expect <laughs> so I would love to have this done in a year but I don't know yeah I mean nobody talks about how long the process is <laughs> writing and editing and drafts and all of that but um Regardless, I think that's a great, I think that's a great message. I think girls and women alike, you know, mothers reading this to their daughters is a really powerful. I, I never realized how much our kids took in until it was kind of like spit back at me. I remember when my sons were little, we were were just hanging out, whatever. And Dean, my, my middle son, my youngest at the time, he was like, well, mommy's the fattest person here. And I was like, oh that was kind of not nice. And he was like, well, you always say you're fat, so you must be fat. And I was like, oh, Oh. damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes, you're listening. Cool. I was like, you're right. So like, if you're listening to me complain and, and not feel good and say that I'm fat, like, what are you thinking about your own body? If that's the example I'm setting, you know what I mean? So like, it was such a wake up call. It was like someone hit a gong. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, so now having a daughter, like, I mean, that was plenty of years ago that that conversation had happened. And it like really allowed me to start evaluating like my words and how I view my body and how I talk about my body in front of my kids. Like, you know, we think it's just daughters, but it's, it's sons too. Like yep. I've, I've seen my sons, you know, get hard on them, their selves about how they look. So it's really a great conversation to be having in the sense of like being it more neutral and just like our body is our form. And that's that, you know? Yeah. We even went with our friends to the beach. This is a little bit of inspiration to the book and it just kind of validated to, to do this book because one of my friends, her four-year-old son, she said he was starting to say the word fat. Mm-hmm. I don't know in what context, but I thought, wow, four years old, he's learning this, you know, somewhere it could be from daycare. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like pretty surprising to me that yeah. they start taking that in so early. And so it's just us going through these things and then we become aware of it and then we can break the patterns, yeah. you know, for our children and beyond. Right. Right. We're in an interesting phase. I have a 13 year old daughter and, you know, I've struggled with weight and trying to lose weight. And so I tried first, I tried not to talk about it in front of her. And then like, I don't want to lie to her, whatever, if I'm on a diet or something, I just try to talk about it in a way that's not condemning. It's just like, we're going to eat nutritious foods and nutrients or whatever. But the thing that I feel like we're coming up against now is the clothing that is available for 13 year old girls to wear is naked. (laughs) Like there's, it's all crop tops and short things and low cut and like trying to find pieces of clothing that fully cover her is a challenge like number tall. one and number two just like how to talk about it where they mm-hmm. like I don't want you to be over sexualized at 13 and how to talk about that in a way where it's not like it's you know on you to not look like a hoochie or whatever right um but you know they want to wear like what's in style and uh it's it's tricky <laughs> That's a parenting challenge. (laughs) That is. And I'm sure, I mean, that's a really challenging time as kids are going through puberty and like, Mm -hmm. you know, now social media. And just like the style, like you said, Maureen, like even style. Even for for little kids, it's like. Even for adults. I'm like, I cannot wear a crop top, (laughs) ma'am. I have seen a lot of crop tops out. I think yeah. I saw some at Marshall's today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, since working from home, I just wear joggers now. Yeah. And when I've gone into work for events or certain things, um, it was a challenge, actually, because my body changed after pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a bigger size and I'm just not feeling comfortable in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I... I I had to like actually like talk to myself and and try to kind of get through that because it was a little bit of a struggle for me. And then I'm just comfortable in joggers now. I just 
that's like the space I'm in right now. And <laughs> joggers physically are the and best. emotionally comfortable. In it's just, yeah. <laughs> some cute sets, some cute patterns, but yeah. it, I think that's something like how, how to deal with that, right? Like how to deal with your body one you know after giving birth and how it changes mm -hmm. it's something that it's like you have to really have that awareness and like really talk to yourself about it because it's hard mm -hmm. it's hard struggling yeah. with body image I had a hard time especially because when I had my sons I was like 21 and 22 and it was like nothing happened I bounced right back and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> and then I had my daughter uh, 10 years later and I was like, wait, it's not, it's not happening. It, it didn't happen the same. You know, I don't know if it was my age. I don't know, like whatever it was, but to your point, like my body changed. It didn't go back to how it was pre-baby. It didn't, you know, my expectations that I had we're not the same as the reality. Yeah. And you really have to combat it with like getting away from like the limiting beliefs and saying like yeah. when I was in therapy a little bit after like giving birth and, and before and, and being pregnant, you know, she would talk about like, think about like how amazing your body is, like what mm -hmm. it's doing. Like you're literally growing an organ. And then after that, you grew life inside of you you grew a child and and to really think of it like that way like that's amazing like women's bodies and what we can do so I have to continue to try to go back to that but yeah, yeah sometimes I still struggle yeah a lot of women do mm -hmm. can you think of examples of like what are the actual thoughts that you'll catch yourself in and then how are you able to rewrite those with different messages mm. yeah I think yeah so number one it's definitely having that awareness and I don't know if I have a specific thing or that I'd want to be specific either because yeah. I also like careful about like being triggering too. So, mm. but you try to come up like with an affirmation, I would say like to combat it. Right. So if you catch yourself in like a common loop, you know, if there's like yeah. a common, you know, story you're telling yourself or whatever, you can combat it with. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause I would find myself. Like I, I just kept thinking of like how I, how I felt towards myself. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, when I was thinner, what actually was different in my life other than I wore different clothing? Nothing like I didn't have more money. I didn't have more happiness. I didn't have more joy. Like none of those things were real. You know what I mean? So I kept putting in my mind like, mm. oh, if I lose this amount of weight, I'm going to feel what, what am I going to feel? Well, to that point, it goes to like, our body does not define us right? and success. I think we, we want to be healthy. We mm -hmm. want to take in nutrient dense foods. We want to do the best we can and maintain like overall balance in our physical and mental well-being. But we, yeah, our body is not like, it doesn't define us. And I guess then you could look at like who we are as people, like authentically our soul or, you know, what, what yeah. success means to us. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Do you feel like as you've gone through this bit of awakening and started writing and tapping more into your creativity, how has that shown you more of your authentic path or have you come more into alignment with those realizations? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> It just, I think like when you know you're on your, your path or your, 
part of your purpose. It's like a feeling. It's like this good vibrational energy. Mm-hmm. And like whenever I do stuff like this, you know, whenever I am writing or when I'm getting ideas about workshops or anything, it's just as like when people say like follow the breadcrumbs, like I know like to keep doing that because mm-hmm. I keep getting this good energy and I know like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And right. I know that I feel that I've figured out my purpose through all of this and I want to build a community around it and it's just keep following that. Yeah. And sometimes it's just that feeling and it's hard to explain what that is. Mm-hmm. But that kind of feels different for everybody, you know? Yeah. You have a morning routine you do? Yes. What do you do? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so I am a morning person. Baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm a morning person for sure. And this is like more my weekday. Um, so I get up at 5.45 and I'll get up. I'll go with my big my giant Stanley cup that you see here. Mm-hmm. And I will do some, I will do between say like 10 to 20 minutes of Pilates yoga, something like that. I have some apps that I like, but before that I'll just ground myself on the mat. I'll kind of stretch a little bit. And I like to say my three intentions, my three words of the day or mm-hmm. the three things I'm grateful for. So like maybe in the day I'm focusing on like grounding, um, courage or courage, creativity. And then later on, like just before I start work, I'll write those on my whiteboard and I'll keep focused on that throughout the day just to continue that kind of energy, that mindset. Then I'll do a little workout, move my body. I will start my daughter's lunch, get the coffee made, and I will come up and start working. And then my daughter will wake up and then I have to get her ready and <laughs> go to school. And then my husband takes her to school and then I'm back online. <laughs> Sometimes in the morning too, I'll, um, I just recently started doing Oracle cards. So I like to pull mm-hmm. those too. Mm-hmm. So I've just started getting into that. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do get like imposter syndrome and self-doubt and I have to, you know, keep, I keep coming up to that. And I always have to go back to my purpose of like what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And it always mm-hmm. comes back to like wanting to help others in, in their healing journey and inspiring them. Um, and that's like what success means to me. Would I like to have like more book sales and things like that? Yes. But that's not really the, what the ultimate like goal and success is. Right. It would be nice, but yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> and it also kind of like, as you we were just talking, I kept hearing like the transition. It seems like the things that you write are really helpful for women, maybe transitioning, right? Like transitioning from being pregnant to now being a mom, you know, in that time in their life. And, and then with the book you're working on now, it's like that innocence of like that toddler into being a little girl, you know, and really understanding like those things. That's just kind of what popped in my head as you were just talking. So that's really interesting. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. That's Mm. a good perspective. I didn't Mm. think about it that way, but you're right. And it's always inspired by the phase I'm going through. So typically I write when I'm writing poetry, it's either, you know, inspired by beautiful moments, challenging moments, mm-hmm. um, or usually nature too. Like I take a lot of nature and symbolism from that, but typically I'll write something. I've been writing a lot of poetry, like kind of about my daughter growing up and the parallel to me growing up. Mm-hmm. That's another poetry book I would love to do kind of like yeah. 
those parallels, but that would probably be further along and also many years to write that yeah. as we go through our different transitions and phases. Um, do you have a routine around your writing or is it just kind of like as it comes up or are you kind of like a da daily journal kind of person? I don't have, so this is one place I do not have a routine. Um, mm -hmm. I really feel for me, it's one quick, like when it comes up, that's the inspiration and that's like the flow, that's the download. You know, it is challenging to find time. So I do really have to work on making time and space for it. Mm -hmm. And ask my husband like to watch my daughter for an hour or half hour or do it at night when my daughter's really chill. I'm, I've started doing some journaling mm -hmm. next to her while she's pretty quiet and watching something on her, her iPad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm really more for like, I don't feel like there should be rules around it. Maybe mm -hmm. if someone wants to produce a lot of output, but I just try to stay consistent and continue to stay true to when things come to me. Right. I also really have started doing a new moon, full moon journaling practice, which I love. So really just setting intentions or releasing around those times. Like what is, what am I feeling right now? What's my vibe? What's my, my emotions? What's kind of the themes coming up and what are like some affirmations and things I want to focus on through this next phase so I've started doing that. So that's one of the spiritual things I've I've started taking on that I really like to do. Yeah, that is wonderful. We just had a just had a full moon a couple of days ago and it was intense for me. Yeah. In <laughs> what ways was it intense for you? Um, Mo, I think I told you a little bit about this when we went out for coffee the other day, but I felt just I just realized that I was having feeling a lot of resentment. And for me, I've just been learning how to name my emotions recently because I had realized that I've just been suppressing them. So oh. sometimes it's hard to even acknowledge what I'm feeling because I don't even know what I'm feeling. And literally the night of the full moon, I went to bed and I was like so angry and I was like, wow. Oh, okay. I feel angry. Oh, I'm feeling resentful. Like anytime my husband says anything, even if he's being like, he's being kind and like saying nice things and it would piss me off. <laughs> um, so just oh. like laying in bed, I was like, oh, okay. And it's here during a full moon. This is something I'm ready to yeah. release. You know what I mean? Like this feeling that I've been feeling for the past few weeks that I didn't even realize I was feeling, you know, I was getting angry or getting annoyed at something and just internalizing it, not even speaking it, not even saying, Hey, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, John, can you drop Devin off so I can have some alone time or like whatever the case is, you know, just kind of like, we've just had a transition. I just stopped working. And so I've been home a lot more with my daughter, which is like amazing. I'm so grateful, but it's, it's all so challenging in its own way. Like you're in constant response to this little being who is yeah. very demanding and it's lovely, but there, it gets overwhelming. So just kind of like speaking up about that and, and not just holding it in and not saying anything and not releasing that, um, before it overflows. You know, I was always a person who like would never say anything until I said everything. Which makes it scarier to let yeah. it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Right. Like, I, yeah, you would just like explode. And then I'm like, ew, I don't want to act like that. That's amazing. And it really is just validating your emotions. Like mm -hmm. I do this with my toddler, like trying to say if she's like getting really frustrated, you're frustrated because mm -hmm. or just naming it like you're saying. Yeah. And it really is so important. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing that with Devin too. She's been getting more angry lately, you know? And I know when I was a kid, we weren't really allowed to be angry. You know, if we were angry and we threw a tantrum, like there were punishments. We were not, that wasn't, it just wasn't allowed. Um, so there was an instance maybe a couple of weeks ago where my daughter was mad and she hit John, you know, and, and he was like, whoa, you know, cause he is like so calm. He never raises his voice or anything like that. So he was just like, why did you hit me? Like this? And I was like, okay, time out. I was like, are you feeling angry in your body? And she's like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do you need right now? Like, do you want some cuddles with mom? Do you need some alone time? How do you want to go hit the punching bag? Like we have, so, you know, giving her some different outlets, you know, and yeah, she's like, I want to cuddle beautiful. with mom. And I'm like, okay, great. And then she was good. She went and apologized to her dad on her own, not me being like, go apologize to daddy. You know, we were just like, you know, when you were angry and you hit dad, that may have hurt his feelings. You know, how do you, yeah. how do you want to go? Or his that? body. Or his body. <laughs> <laughs> She knocked him out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See that. And that's where I like to talk about like breaking the generational wounds Mm -hmm. because these are the things we learned Mm -hmm. through, you know, grandparents down to parents, right. And Mm -hmm. how they emotionally regulate it. Um, Yeah. No, that's, I'm, I'm also curious. Are you finding time for self-care? Um. I'm learning, I'm figuring it out, you know, figuring out when, cause I'm definitely a more routine person. I'm more like, I need a little dose of alone time daily. Yes. So realizing Same. when, when can that, when is the highest chance of it happening? Yeah. And I, and I know too. So when I don't do like mm. the little bit of self-care or mm-hmm grounding if I get yeah if I don't get that I really get off kilter what kind of things do you do for your self-care oh well this is this is something that's evolved with me over time and I've really Mm -hmm. over the last year started to really thrive more in it. it and it's hard but um again it's it's getting the chance to journal and write it's doing my movement in the morning doing meditation daily if I can, or if, you know, I don't always do it daily, but just five minutes, like Mm -hmm. five to 10 minutes. And I might take a break at like three and just do a micro break from my computer because at that point I'm like, I'm like mental mush and it actually energizes me because it does really regulate your body. Um, I like to try to aim for a once a week bath and like just also like my face oils and things. Like there's so many things you could do and -hmm. you could do little things in five minutes and I'm just finding it too. Um, And it really, you need support, you know, to do it. And some days it doesn't always go as, goes as, doesn't not always go as planned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I tend to like become much more irritable if that, if it does not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's why it's important Mm -hmm. that we have that because then we're our, our best versions of ourselves. And I like all these examples you're giving because I think somehow it's become like commercialized, like self-care equals, you know, a spa day or something. And it's like, no, it's the, it's the five breaths you just took for yourself (laughs) before you went into the room. It doesn't have to be like a pamper session and some expensive thing. It could be like your face oils. Sometimes it is. (laughs) But yeah, I mean like once in a while, like we did go recently on a long weekend and I booked a massage for myself and my husband took our daughter to the hot tub. You know, it was good. But 
yeah I mean sometimes it's like yeah sensory like picking like things that you really like for your daily routine um or like the daily podcasts I listen to, mm-hmm. right? You're part of part of that profile. I like um, morning microdose is 10 minutes in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I start yeah. with that one. Um, what else? Like, you know, pulling my Oracle cards. Like these are all little things you could do, make it part of your rituals that make your day yeah. better. Mm-hmm. I like one of my non-negotiables, like I get so angry when I get interrupted 500 times is like my evening my evening routine, like brushing my teeth, washing my face, putting my lotion on. Like I get so mad when, you know, like everybody's in the bathroom. I'm like, this is not (laughs) your time. Oh my God. My time. (laughs) And I don't know what it is. Like it is my one thing that like really gets me angry. If people interrupt, it's so funny. It's, it's just like, you need that space, right? That space and time and you have three kids. So yeah. It's even harder. <laughs> I know. My older two live with their dad. So that does make it easier because that, you know, it, it eliminates some of that. And it, because it, it was hard, like having the teenagers and having the toddler, they need a lot. Both so of those different. stages, you know, and they need different things. Yeah. So it was really challenging to do both. Mm. I also started doing some shadow work and I, I was listening to a podcast and then I came across the concept of triggers and glimmers. Mm-hmm. So I started tracking them and like, I realized like at nighttime, I get so irritable because my energy levels are really bad. Like I'm a morning person and there's just certain things and I started really just tracking them and figuring them out. And so now I'm in the process of like understanding it and kind of like naming it. Like you're talking about like naming the emotion, like recognizing it having that awareness, but it's really being able to change that pattern. Like, how do I respond differently? That's the hard part. Mm. Um, And nighttime is one of those two for me. Yeah, I agree. Because the the energy has a lot to do with it. I'm tired. (laughs) Yes. Like, like I want to go down to bed earlier than my, my toddler. I I say it all the time. She puts me to bed most nights. She's like wired. And I'm like, girlfriend, I'm going to yeah. sleep. Like you do you. I used oh to always gosh. fall asleep reading to Maggie and she'd be like, mom, wake up. You fell, you're not going to finish the sentence. I'm like, uh, oh, let's just both close our eyes. Yeah. And my daughter's still in our bed. We can't get her out of our bed. Same. Oh, okay. I even I'm... set her up a room. I was like, whatever. We actually, we were getting rid of our mattress that we put it on the, like I had it on the floor yeah. as we were like transitioning the, the new one, the foam one on. And she loved it so much. She's jumping on it. And like, then I'm like, oh, this is like almost like Montessori style. Like I put sheets mm-hmm. on it and her blankets and all her stuffed animals. And she slept maybe like two or three times on it actually. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a win. Like, we'll take that's it. That's a win. So I try, I'm like aiming for like once a week on that, but I feel bad for my husband. Cause she's really just like, I don't know. I think the way they sleep is like the same and she's yeah. all on top of him and he's like so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I know I met up with a girlfriend for coffee and she has a six month old and she was like, man, that four month regression, like she just, you know, like saying like how she just hasn't been sleeping and this and that. And I was like, yeah, that's tough. And then she's looking at me and I'm like, oh, I have no advice. <laughs> I have zero <laughs> advice for this. This is not my strong suit. Yeah. I'm it's like, just, I got nothing. Every kid is different, right? And like, yeah. they need different things. And I know I used to feel a lot of guilt around that. So like she ended up kind of transitioning into our bed closer to like age one, mm. but 
because I was, you know, working again. I needed to sleep. Yep. And I just needed that. And she likes connection. Yeah. And I felt a lot of guilt around that. And now I'm just like, oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm also like, they're only babies once. They're not going to do it forever. You know what I mean? Like there will come a day where they're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Just like one day they're like, I want to put this on. Right. And you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, yeah. And then you're like, I miss my baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the night she's in her bed, I'm like, looking and like I know right? or like, like she sleeps through the night I'm like is she dead <laughs> like immediately like why does my brain do that like I'm like is she breathing <laughs> no, she's just asleep like normal well and where do we even get the expectation or the pressure to assume that kids should not be sleeping in your bed it's like right look at how animals sleep look at how they probably mm-hmm. evolved to stay warm and be it's safer it's more comfortable yeah. like you're meant to sleep in a pack yeah and also like yeah. regulation like when right. I'm feeling sad, I want to cuddle. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, they like... want to be alone in a cold crib. Like, right. No. Like, that's not surprising <laughs> that they don't like that. That seems like a pretty reasonable reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is more of like a Western methodology yeah. um, mm-hmm. from what I've read. But that I, mm-hmm. I mean, we could go probably down that path for a while on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's fa- I find it fascinating. Um, but I do want to uh, circle back to something you said about glimmers. Um, mm-hmm. Can you explain to us a little bit about what a glimmer is? I think most people understand what a trigger is, you yeah. know, that feeling of dysregulation and how it causes us to react in, um, you know, trauma response. But what would you say a glimmer is? A glimmer to me is like, a moment that brings you like pure joy and peace, mm-hmm. like pure happiness. So for me, my glimmers are, and you talked about this, cuddling with my daughter, yeah. dancing with my family at night. And I, and I tracked those too. I was like, oh, like I realized a lot of my glimmers are like touch, right? Like being mm-hmm. connected with my family um, or just like when I have my matcha or something in the afternoon, it's just something that just really just brings you pure joy. And you'll, you'll probably see themes too with your glimmers mm. or being outside, right? Mm-hmm. Being outside, smelling, you know, the leaves falling down, that fresh air, yeah. taking that in. It's really good for like your regulatory system. It's, it's so yeah. good. Something that I love that you've kind of brought up a couple of times is um, it, it sounds like the small moments, you know, there's, n- mm-hmm. it's not like your entire day revolves around just doing all these things for yourself it's like the little moments you could take, you know, everybody steps outside at least once a day, but like, are you just running straight to your car? Are you taking a moment to open up your arms and be like, Oh, it's so nice outside the sun shining. It smells good. Like whatever the case is. Yeah. Like building in those small moments and the more that you have, the better, the better your day. Yeah. And it's like easy to find the triggers, right? But it's yes. not as easy to catalog those glimmers. So I love that people are starting to, we're starting to hear this language a little bit more because we know I what we it. focus on is what's going to come to us more, you know? I mean, I definitely have a lot of triggers, a lot more triggers. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, those glimmers, I mean, I'm recognizing them now. And it's, I think it all goes back to just like that awareness, that self-awareness. And then it's always kind of the action, right? From there, the patterns and breaking the patterns or really like holding on to something and building on something uh you can say no if you don't want to do this but I was just thinking would you want to read one of your poems for our listeners to hear oh yes I do and I should have thought about this yeah 
I'm thinking that I'll read you one from my book and then I could read you one that is like just from my journal and published. Okay. Mm, that sounds it. great. Uh, I'll have to find it though. But um, okay. So tell us the name of your book too. Yes. So it's called My Roots Grow Strong. And it's really just that foundation of our roots, like the pieces of us. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of form the chapters around like that, you know, mind and body, heart, flutters and aches is one of them. And um, the last one is like talking about motherhood and the transition from child to mother and to woman, really. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, it's always hard to pick these. <laughs> okay. So this is called Disconnected. Growing up, I watched Charmed, the power of three sisters. Connect it. I wish I had this in my younger friendships. I felt like a wallflower, introvert, homebody, consumed by my struggles and low self-esteem. I have loved each one of my friends of the past, but I felt so lonely. Decades have gone by. I reflect and cry. I felt different. Yet in the end, we are the same. Humans all connected with layers of pain. Although I mourn parts of my past as a loss, I have learned, loved, and grown. I have gained. I realize we are all different and all the same. We are connected. And that kind of just talks about, that kind of made me realize writing this, the core of the book is the human experience mm-hmm. and how we each have these struggles and we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We're, we are universally connected as humans. We're all connected like to earth, um, yeah. to universe, right? So once I wrote that, it was like, oh, it really kind of made sense to me. Yeah. And I want to read you too, something like that I recently wrote. Okay. I like this one. So one day my daughter and I went to this thrift shop that has like a cafe and it was a rainy day and it was like, you know, kind of like a time stops kind of day and just so cozy. So we went and, and in this cafe, there's like, an antiquarian library they call it so I say so it's called meet me here now meet me here among the shelves of an antiquarian lined with dusty books and walls of bricks Victorian pictures framed above old chairs cozy and fleece lined joggers and sweats cookie smell wafting through the corridors find us in a present moment as rain patters the ground we play within the loft walls porous and filled with memories beyond as I sip my coffee slowly The drips of coffee, the drips of rain, become one and the same, and time slows, reverses into another era, paces forward into pattering rain. We find ourselves in the present, embracing the slow, embracing each other. And that was inspired by a beautiful moment. Yeah, that is definitely, I can feel the vibe. Yeah, for sure. It just kind of like takes a snapshot of that, you know, little, that glimmer. You know, you're having a little glimmer moment there. Yeah, bringing in the the imagery and just mm-hmm. what it was, what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, now that we're we're having this conversation on December 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, where um, I'm having a poetry reading and celebration with two other poets, two other female poets. We all have just really beautiful, like strong woman poetry that we we all published our books in 2023 so it's going to be a virtual free reading and that event is on my instagram oh how fun i love that we'll definitely link that for people yeah thank you yeah of course yeah tell us about all of the things what else do you have going on 
Oh, <laughs> so I had that and I really going into January, self-care, we've talked about it. It's really something that's really important to me. So I want to develop a free like workshop that I can do virtually, but I also, I've been thinking about, I'd love to on the side or down the road, become a self-love coach mm -hmm. and get a certification. But I'm thinking too, maybe like finding one or two people that I could do some self-love coaching with next year and focus on that as well. Um, but I'll start with the workshop and just creating more, more workshops around that. Yeah. Seeing, seeing how it goes. Love that. Yeah. And then love experimenting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of like, I keep going where I'm pulled and where I feel like I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm parents that's kind of what we are right self-love coach <laughs> yeah I love your energies I love it that's why I was really Thanks. excited to you chat too. with you yeah same oh, it was so, so fun to chat with you we love it so where can people find you so I'm mostly on Instagram at Melissa Spratt writes uh, my website melissasprattwrites.com you can find my book on there and mm -hmm. it is available on Amazon as well as book baby that's who I published through, I self-published through, and I have a code right now for 20% off, Great. Um, Inspire. So that's the code through BookBaby, 20% off bookbaby.com, my roots grow strong. Awesome. And anyone could DM or email me. Um, I just want to keep building like a community and just every week I share self-care Sunday posts. So I really just keep that up. I'm consistent with it. And I share what's truly like genuine and authentic to me. And I just want to keep building a community. Love that. We will link everything in the show notes so people can get your book and read your poetry. And I'm sure it will connect them all with you and with each other. Love and it. I loved connecting with you. Same. Thank you. Us too. I think we would be in agreement with your guides that just keep doing what you're doing because it is mm -hmm. really awesome messages that you're putting out. Thank you. Yeah, my final message is really to see the beauty in you and to see the beauty around you and see the beauty in your story. Maybe one day we'll do a, a Sunday meditation together. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you ever Let's want to, let me know. <laughs> yes, love that. Yeah. I've been meaning to get down there. I need to just put it in my calendar because then yeah. I'll do it. Maybe in January after the holidays. Mm -hmm. Let me know. I'll try to. It's just making the time and committing to it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. Like everything. So. Love it. <laughs> like <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> it was great talking. Thank you for the opportunity. And I, I can't wait to continue listening to your podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So appreciate fun. it. And have a good weekend. You, you too. too. Bye. 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 Tell that it's morning by my voice. Because <laughs> we're both like, oh, hello. <laughs> Well, here's a little behind the scenes news. It's morning when we it's record morning. this. <laughs> we try and do it before anyone wakes up. Tell us all about your acne. Well, my acne started back in July. Do you see it on my cheeks? I do. It's like on my cheeks, it's on my chin. Okay. At first I thought I was using some oil. Okay. Which I loved. And when I first started using the oil, it was great. I found this chick on Instagram who's a fa uh, esthetician in New York City. She does these beautiful facial massages using, yeah. um, oh my God, sea buckthorn oil. Oh. Okay. I found mm -hmm. the company. It's like all clean ingredients. 
Best Skin Ever is the name of the company. They're great. I love that oil. And I was using it and I'm like, this shit's awesome. My skin is feeling great. Mm -hmm. And then in July, we moved and I was doing a lot of cleaning mm -hmm. and it was very humid. So then I started to get some acne and I was like, oh, it's probably from all the dust. And I'm using this oil. It's like hot, like it should back off the oil. So I backed yeah. off the oil, went back to my like regular regimen, whatever. And I'm like neurotic. I don't ever go to sleep without taking my makeup off. Like, yeah, all the things. And I just keep getting this acne. And then I was like, maybe I need an oil that's not so heavy. So then I tried, um, one of the other oils, I forget the word right now, but whatever. Nope, that didn't, that didn't help. So I don't know. I cut my dairy. Usually that clears up my skin instantly. Yeah. Guess what? That's a no. Might as well eat cheese in that case. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty like not puffy in my face, which I'm yeah. loving. So I'm like, I'm going right, to stay I'm with me on the no dairy. To the no dairy. It's been a slippery slope because like the week that my brother was in town, my mom was like making all these delicious Albanian foods. So of course I was eating them. And then before I know, it, I'm like, oh, I've had like gluten or dairy or both every day this week. And then it it's like a hard. party here, a party there. And you know, it, like sometimes if it's a potluck, I can bring my own thing, yeah. you know? It doesn't have gluten or dairy and people want it fine. If not, at least I know I have something. No, I didn't even do that. I brought a freaking butterboard to the party. <laughs> it was good. But with bread, some nice bread oh, to yeah. soak it up. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a hit. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. Over Thanksgiving, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do great. And then like, what am I who am I kidding? I'm gonna have a roll. It's fine. Yeah. But like by the end of the weekend, I felt so like puffy and gross and I didn't even have alcohol. It's just mm -hmm. like from sugar and dairy. Yeah. Gluten. So yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. my stomach was hurting, like painful. Yeah. Like, like why do I do this to myself? <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, I mean, we have Christmas looming every week's like a party mm -hmm. of some sort. And yes, it's so hard to pick and choose like when it's worth it. I know that's why I'm like, okay, if we can keep it for the weekends, I can control what's happening during the week yeah. and then just enjoy myself on the weekends and not feel like guilt or about it or whatever. And just be like, okay, your stomach's going to hurt. But like tomorrow morning, you know what you're having for breakfast and you'll be fine. Oh, I've been having a good breakfast. Oh, tell me about it. I've been making quinoa, but instead of just mm -hmm. boiling it in water, I've been using a pea protein milk mm -hmm. so that has like a little bit of protein at least kind of cooks in there and it tastes yeah. like pretty hearty and nutty but I kind of eat it like an oatmeal like I'll put fruit mm -hmm. and nuts or all kinds of stuff on there and that I feel good. like it's got some good fiber content yeah so see quinoa is a little too fibrous for me I can't eat it it mm. kills my stomach oh really yeah. Like I have a hard time digesting it. I do a little rice cake with some mm -hmm. peanut butter and some bacon. That's okay. my breakfast right now. So I was doing a little lower carb. So I was upping my, yeah. I was like doing a higher fat. Yeah. Um, one time my mom and I were both doing the Ducan diet, which is like high protein, low fat, very low carb. Colin came to visit and he was like, there is food in this house, but none of it has anything in it. <laughs> none of your food has food in it. 
I was like, yeah, I paid a lot of money for that food with no food. <laughs> Why? What was it? Just like a lot of chicken? Like, yeah. what did you eat? Yeah. Yeah. It's like no fat, dairy, chicken, vegetables, nothing. And, but like a lot of like rice cakes that are very low calorie and might have like a little flavor sprinkled on top. Right. <laughs> to pretend right. like you're eating food. <laughs> and he eats the opposite way where he's like, how much like caloric mm-hmm. content can I get into my breakfast? And he'll have like <laughs> oatmeal with peanut butter and yeah. nuts and Which honey oatmeal or something. with peanut butter is really good. It's delicious. I do um I don't have them right now because I ran out, but the apple cinnamon rice cake with peanut butter, that's really good because it's like a little salty, a little sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yummy. Well, this brings us to Melissa, who are recapping yep. today. That's and right. we did talk a lot about you know, diet culture and mm-hmm. body image, which I thought was interesting. One of the stories she told us was about the four-year-old who was saying the word fat and like mm-hmm. how she was surprised that that word was even in the child's vocabulary. And I was thinking about it after I was like, fat is not inherently bad. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's almost funny that we'd be like, oh, why would you say such a word? <laughs> like it's a swear. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that is not bad. Right. It's just, we've put all this on it, you know? Oh, sorry. Did you get a text? I did. And it was like weird. I was like, what? What's going <laughs> on? I get distracted. Um, I agree. And it's so funny because the person that just texted me, her and I have had that conversation so many times because I automatically am like, oh, don't, label yourself as that or whatever. And she's like, well, it's not like a good or bad thing. She's like, fat is just fat. And I'm like, like we were always taught it was like a bad thing. I mean, too much fat on your body is not great, but fat itself is like muscle. It's like part of the yeah. components that make up that make up animals. Body. Right. So that was kind of fun. The other one that I liked that we talked about um, she was saying, you know, how are we defining success and what is success? And one of the mm-hmm. memes I've been seeing lately that's kind of fun is like the new definition of success is having, being able to regulate your nervous system. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No. <laughs> I'm tricking. That is um, a fun one. I mean, yeah. it's so real because somebody I follow, P the fairy who I love she talks about this a lot. She's like, you know, you have to be like aware of your idea of success. Like, is it your actual idea of success or something that someone has told you mm-hmm. means you're successful? And sometimes you like, don't even stop to think that through. You know what I mean? You're just all the time. You don't even stop to think it through. Yeah. You're just going through the motions. You're like, well, A and B equals C every single time. So that's what I have mm-hmm. to do. So it was really interesting to hear her say that. I agree. Even in your day-to-day conversations, I feel like it's mm-hmm. in everything. Mm-hmm. How are you spending your time? What are you doing? It, it's influenced everywhere. So it's not even like I'm going to sit down and think about what success means. It's like every time you go to have a conversation with somebody, like, what do you do? They're deciding if you're a success or not, you know? So oh, yeah, it's just in everything. Right. Because you like... But even that, who's someone to determine whether you're successful or not? If you're sharing something, that's not, you know. Oh, totally. It's not like it's their choice. I'm just saying it's going to be judged and be part of Mm. your experience 
whether or not you're conscious of it. So better be conscious of it. (laughs) Right. Because if you like view yourself as like, oh, this thing I do is so successful and I'm having so much fun and like whatever the thing is that feels successful to you, when you go talk about it, people are going to pick up on your energy, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're like, "Mm, well, I do this thing and it's kind of, uh, uh, uh," they're like, okay, well, get it together. But if you're like, oh, I do this thing and it's amazing. And this is why you should love it because I love it. It like totally changes the vibe. And then how people judge you is like really how we judge ourselves. I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's so funny. You could tell, you know, 10 people the same thing Mm -hmm. and get totally different reactions. So that's clearly not a good barometer, (laughs) you know? So basically we shouldn't give a fuck what other people think, right? <laughs> or just be aware of who you're giving a fuck what they think. Oh, that's Don't true. give it to that's everybody. True. Don't give it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> your fucks should be yours. I guess. <laughs> you designate which fucks you're going to give. Don't just give them out. Willy nilly. Like another thing that we talked about that you and I both love is morning routine. Mm-hmm. And I loved how she just kind of gave good examples of different ways to ground yourself, not just in the morning, but throughout the day, you know, like she's a great example of somebody who has so much going on in their lives, like a, a real big girl job, Mm -hmm. being a mom, which is another totally big girl job and Mm -hmm. like being an author in her quote unquote spare time, which we know there's no spare time. It's carved out time. It's carved out time. And even that is like, you know, something to be aware of. It's like, nobody's going to hand you these things. And I Mm. think that's something that's come up the last few weeks for us. It's like kind of prioritizing ourselves. Yeah. It did make me think that I really need to try to figure out time to do creative stuff. Like I'm like, I like the eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cause it's just like, do I have, I'm looking around the room and like, I got to do that and that and that and that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I would like to paint. Like that was one of the fun things about pandemic time was like you you had yeah, time, all this time or you had to be home chilling. Right. But I do miss painting. I think I need to get back into it. You're such a good painter too. Thanks. Not that that deciphers whether or not you should paint, but like I was just so blown away the first time you're like, look at what I painted. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's like, oh, you're a professional? Okay. Well, I had no professional idea. is another thing. And this kind of goes back to like some of our other conversations we have. It's like, it doesn't have to be professional. It doesn't have to. And be I like this about Melissa's too. Her writing is professional and her job is professional. So like her creative outlet is not all of the income, which right. is cool. And I think that I'm sure she would love to sell millions of books and, you know, yeah. have that be her only thing. But it's like, it doesn't have to be validated by that mm. to be mm-hmm. a justifiable use of your time. Like, in fact, yeah. she's like, I think this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like so that cool. Too. Me too. Um, here's my other thought. We were talking okay, about naming emotions mm. and we we're talking about Devin. Well, you like reintegrating your emotions and trying to figure <laughs> out how to like relearn this whole. Where are you guys? <laughs> dialogue. Oh, they're there. and so I was wondering like as Devin learns her emotions are you learning to recognize them in yourself my absolute favorite thing is watching a toddler because there is no shame in her emotions Mm -hmm. she's feeling her emotions whether you like it or not whether it makes you uncomfortable or not 
And I think it's really interesting to see that like she knows when she's angry or when she's sad or when she just has to cry. And like, there's sometimes where she just cries. She's just sad. And you're just like, did something happen? Are you hurt? And she's like, no. And just like sobbing. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I guess we're just going to sit here and cry. Like, that's cool. Um, so it definitely is something really, really interesting to see. And I'm just like, sometimes I look at her and I see her having these big feelings and expressing them so thoroughly. And I'm like, oh, wow. I was talking to my cousin about this. I was like, man, is that how I was when I was younger? Like, mm-hmm. I remember being so emotional. I remember having these big theatrical kind of moments that felt theatrical or felt dramatic or whatever. And it's really cool to see her expressing them and just being able to like witness mm-hmm. the range and just like love her through it. What are some of her newer emotions that she's learned? Rage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fun it's fucking cute it is very hard like you just want to laugh because she's this little cute fairy baby and she's screaming at you and you're just like oh my god this is the cutest thing ever but like you don't want to laugh at somebody who's mad like that's not nice Mm -hmm. you know so you just have to like kind of be patient let her get it out we're trying to kind of teach her now that we're obviously seeing the signs of like okay you're angry or sad or whatever, like, could it be that maybe your body's feeling a little tired? Maybe you need a little time to rest. You know, maybe you need some cuddles. Maybe you need to, like, Mm -hmm. I know she needs to regulate in some way. So like letting her choose how she wants to regulate in Mm -hmm. those moments and just like kind of supporting her and just, you know, she started, she like hit John one day, a couple of weeks ago. I feel like I told this story already. Did I tell it? Yeah. Um, so just like, experimenting with those. And she's got older brothers who, you know, think it's funny when she's angry because they don't understand that she's learning. (laughs) Yeah. And it is funny. So I just got to be like, okay, guys, you're pissing her off more. Like, why don't we just give her some space? Yeah. Let her get, you know, go through it, whatever. But yeah, it's pretty funny. Have you been able to access rage for yourself? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say rage. I would definitely say that like the past couple of weeks, I was definitely feeling very like angry. And it's so funny because I didn't really realize it. Like I was feeling it and feeling it and feeling it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I like laid down in bed. I was like, oh, I feel resentful. I'm like, oh, that's an anger feeling. Oh, wow. I'm feeling angry. Like it like all clicked into place. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) It's so interesting that I couldn't even realize, like everyone around me could realize I was angry, but I wasn't realizing it myself. I wonder if like, since you were so excited to quit your job and have time and be home, but then home time is still with a three-year-old. So Mm -hmm. this is not like you have just vast freedom I know people are like, so what are you doing? I'm like, raising a child. <laughs> right. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you act like I have all this time. Well, and I think you had imagined that you would have all this time. Yeah, I did. And so I wonder if some of that resentfulness or anger is just like, kind of like, you don't want to feel ungrateful because you're not working yeah. and that's wonderful. But at the same time, life at home, raising a kid yeah. is not relaxing. No. And I definitely am a person that requires some alone time. Like my body needs some alone time and she is not someone like that. So she just (laughs) wants to be with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, (laughs) and, and John, you know, she literally, like, if she wakes up 
you know, if I put her to bed and John and I are watching a movie or something and she wakes up and I'm like, John, can you just try and get her to go back down? He opens the door and she just screams from the bed like a little demon. She's like, <laughs> no, you, I want my <laughs> And he's like, whoa. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. So like he's been out of the house all day. We're in before, like I would be out of the house and she adores John. So it's, you know, they would have whatever their day, whatever. But the minute I got home, it was like, mom's here. Everyone else is toast. Like she don't want to talk mm-hmm. to anyone and or she didn't want anyone to talk to me either. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. Like I'm only allowed to speak with her <laughs> and you know, then it was just that. So I'd be like tired from working all day and then like tired from the toddler and then just like crash. But now like her and I are together all day long. And you would think when John would get home, she gets excited to see him, but she's still like, don't talk to mom. She's mine and still mm. just wants me to do everything. So I'm still doing bath time. I'm still doing bedtime. I'm still doing all the things. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. But going back to like prioritizing our own needs, like I recognize that I was getting resentful. I recognize that like nobody's going to take the time for me. So mm-hmm. now I just like designate time. I'm like, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm leaving the house early before anyone wakes up and I'm going to just take however many hours I need at a coffee shop and do whatever I want to do or whatever yeah. the thing is, you know, and then come back and I'm energized mm-hmm. because I've just done whatever I need to do for myself. So one well, half the battle is just recognizing it. Like it's mm-hmm. okay to feel resentful. I still feel grateful. Also, yeah. this is a lot of work to love my family. Like, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Literally all the things. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good job feeling your feelings. Thanks. It's um, work in progress. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. The, the last thing that I thought was cool, because now I feel like we're getting this message a couple of times. Like Bradford talked about integration. Mojo was talking about, you know, creating the life that you're not trying to escape from. And I feel like Melissa had a similar kind of message where it's like finding the little moments in your day that make your life better. And I think that was like a cool message to think about. It's not like you have to like stop being busy and crazy and go meditate for an hour. It's like while you're busy and crazy, take a breath, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like integrate your self-care into your crazy busy life. Yeah. And like, sometimes you have no choice. Like I knew the other day I wanted to sleep in, you know, I didn't want to wake up before everybody and do all the things. And I noticed that I was like shaming myself. I was like, oh, you're going to regret this because you're not going to start your day grounding. And then it's just going to spiral. And did it. I like created this whole story. And I was like, I can set the boundary that I need to meditate. And Devin can either meditate with me or she can go downstairs and watch TV or do whatever she needs to do. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to meditate. I told her what I was doing and she was like, okay, I'll meditate with you. <laughs> well, she just got a toy from Santa because we met Santa over the weekend. And Congratulations. Thanks. She was very <laughs> thrilled. And um, the toy is a crybaby. Uh-huh. Do you know, have you seen those things? <laughs> They're kind of popular. I don't know, but she was like so cute. We were at Target. She's like, mommy this is a cry baby and it cries real tears. And then you give it its binky and it stops crying. And I was like, Oh, oh wow, that's adorable. So Doesn't during this meditation, fun? she continuously pulled the binky out of the mouth. So it would start crying again. And I was mm-hmm. like in this, I'm trying to meditate and I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> like, 
am I trying to be triggered right now? Like what's going on? Is she trying to help me really have a moment where I need patience? <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, okay, this is like a, an invitation to just bring in gratitude. Like what are the things I'm grateful for right now in this minute? So that's just like what I spent, you know, the two minute mm-hmm. meditation song thinking about. And it's like, okay, feeling her head in my lap, like being able to do this on a Sunday morning, like all the things, you know, whatever the things were, but it was so funny. I was like laughing. Mm. reminds me of when I was meditating with Dean one time we were on the front porch and Landon is like running through the house looking for him and all of a sudden Dean just screams at the top of his lungs like I'm meditating (laughs) (laughs) it was so hard to keep a straight face because I was like I don't want to acknowledge how funny that was but also like I am trying to meditate next to a screaming like eight-year-old you know yeah gonna get those moments when you can <laughs> all right. Well, Melissa was great. Was that all we got? And that was all Melissa I got. Melissa was great. She no, had a nice little message she's getting out there. Yeah, I think so. And her book was lovely. We'll obviously link it in the show notes. Yeah. And she's local here in Connecticut. So that was kind of cool too. Okay. Before we sign off, just a quick reminder if you are enjoying listening to the podcast, please share it with a friend. And we love a review and it helps people find the show. So if you have a few minutes while you're waiting in line for coffee, write us a nice note mm-hmm. and, and oh, sign know. up for our email list. Cause we're going to have some like fun stuff coming out. We sure will. We have book club, we have, you know, our Instagram or on TikTok, all of the things. So you can kind of connect with us in different ways. Um, if you're enjoying the show and you want to just get to know us a little more. Sounds good. That's it. All right. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.